Welcome to Think and Reimagine, produced by Live Abundantly. Live Abundantly is committed to justice, equity, equality, diversity, and inclusion for the creation of a global society which respects the rights and well-being of all citizens. We invite you to visit our website, livesabundantly.com, to support our initiatives for women, youth, and children. Thinking Reimagined, changing the mindset for, for a, a better, better global society. Let's turn our attention very quickly to the upcoming Children's Day event, um, proudly brought to you by Leave Abundantly. The theme is Ring the Bell, and we're talking about investing in our children. This is a program designed to be an interactive event for children uh, where the questions about discrimination, abuse, cybersecurity, personal care, education, and health will be addressed by experts. So we're calling the public to be a part of it on the 27th of May, 2021. And it's a virtual event via Zoom at 11 a.m. You can catch all the details on all of our social media platforms at Leave Abundantly 8, at Leave Abundantly 8. You don't want to miss it for anything. But let's talk very quickly about the issue of uh, violence against children. In the course of the week, we saw yet another disturbing video of a child whose complete hair was burnt uh, uh, because of the allegation that she's a witch or something. And this is a challenge that continues to bedevil a society. Uh, we, 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 just seem, we just can't seem to have heard enough of it. So it again brings the question of who should do what, who isn't doing enough, and who has the responsibility, you know, to ensure that we save our children from these violent abuses. The, the whole attention of the world is turned to children yet again. Dr. Ahmad, talk to us very quickly about what has to be done differently post-COVID-19 pandemic, I've heard you severally talk about the fact that the lockdown, you know, um, emphasized or gave room for those who abuse children to even do that more in isolation. We're out of the lockdown now, and there's a need for us to talk more about these issues. How do you think that stakeholders need to address this a little bit more aggressively so that we can achieve bigger and better results? Um, if I mean, just as you began speaking about this particular incident, it dawned on me that we had spent, if, you know, the better part of 45 minutes talking about single parent situations. And in this particular case, this child, um, I, I believe her name is Rachel, uh, her parents are divorced and uh, it was an aunt, her father's sister, who questioned her and uh, tortured her and went on to burn her scalp. It, it, it is disturbing. It is disturbing that we have a case of a single mother, because the parents are divorced, raising her child 
and the support network that you would expect to be there is the same support network that will go on to abuse the child. Um, as you have alluded, and I have stated on many occasions, what this global pandemic has done and is still doing is bringing to the forefront the misalignments in society, the inequality, and the depth of abuse that we are enduring as, as, uh, as, as a people. When you look at the statistics, I was reading somewhere recently that during the lockdown in Lagos and Ogun and the federal capital, the rate of violence increased to about 297%. Now, I have to admit that I don't know where that data was gathered or how it was gathered, but it is online. And it, it lends itself to the discussion of how do we protect our children? Because the pandemic is not over, the lockdown is eased, but the abuse intensifies. And is it because of frustration that you're abusing children or your spouse or a combination, in which case, then we're looking at other societal issues that they're bringing on this increase. So um, how do we address these things is, is, the, is the crux of the issue right now. What are the solutions to dealing with this? And I don't believe that it is mob justice that's going to deal with it. I think Ms. Shotunenu alluded to the fact that there's so many issues in Nigeria right now that, that do not lend itself to people being supportive or the government in any way being able to provide any services. There are no services in Nigeria. There are no social services in Nigeria to support women or men or families for that matter. So what do we have to do is really the next thing. Um, I think that it all starts with education. I've always been, I am an advocate for education, social education, formal education, informal education. But it also has to be dialogue and we have to get communities involved in what happens within the community. Stakeholders, stakeholders are everybody, you and I, the, the community, the children, we're all stakeholders in what happens within our community. And the stakeholders need to come together. There are laws in place, but those laws are not being implemented. There's a lot of impunity. There's a lot of time where, in this girl's case, the aunt is arrested, but we have no follow-up. What are the charges? Has she gone to court? Has, has, has there been judgment? We have absolutely no follow-up. So it's one thing to arrest the person and for us to talk about it, but we need to follow up and find out what were the consequences. That is important. And what is the support that we're giving families in crisis? What psychological um, services have been provided for this child or any other person who has had to live through abuse of any sort? These are the questions that I want us to start addressing because that is the only way that we can begin to have any kind of impact in, in, in our society. Indeed, Dr. Abba. Let me bring in the, uh, Mr. Boye uh, in very quickly. So I, I, I'd like us to address a more proactive um, 
a measure to dealing with these problems. You mentioned earlier that it takes a village to raise a child. Uh, uh, things have changed now. You know, you can hardly ask questions. You can hardly hear a child cry from the other house and knock the door and ask and ask genuinely what's what's happening. Or you can hardly, you know, extend um, offer to help or interfere. I think that's what I'm looking for. It is very difficult to interfere in another man's business, given the way our society is currently structured. But what? How can we, you know, be a little more proactive? You know, there has to be people. There have to be people who can identify before a child is abused. Who can tell that? Oh, there's danger here. Oh, this is this is um this is a red signal. Uh, something is about to happen then what liberty do we also have to involve ourselves in in matters like this so that we don't end up going to the court seeking justice and then continuing this cycle is there a way that uh, the society can be more involved in demanding that a child be treated uh, treated right um well yes first of all in the in the instance of this little girl I believe she was sent back home to the same environment where she was burnt and all that. And that is a no-no. In other countries, she would be taken into custody, well, not custody, into child services. And those things are provided. But in Nigeria, we don't have all those services. So it's kind of difficult to control what's going to happen next. I don't know if the auntie has been freed or if she's still in jail consequences all these um, crimes are happening and there are no consequences that we can see also as a, as a um, support system there's this um, saying we say if you see something say something there are always signs I'm sure there are many signs of abuse that you can see be nosy report your neighbor it doesn't matter even if they're going to get upset if you see something say something don't there are always signs. There are always signs of abuse. You can tell by keeping quiet or not saying anything. You're also adding to that abuse. So it is our responsibility to stand up, speak out, and not be afraid of anything that's going to happen. Speak out. There are always signs. You can always know. The culture of seeing something and saying something in our local parlance. Who do you talk to, Mr. Boyo? Who do you report um, such cases to? Well, education, uh, when I say education, I don't mean your formal education. If in your communities, there's always community leaders, even in the villages, they have the elders. There's always someone you can talk to. The, the point is most people are afraid of getting involved or not minding their business, but it's our business to report such incidents if you can't go to the police talk to someone there's always somebody you can talk to as far as children are concerned they a lot of children are brought up to keep quiet and not say anything because their parents are going to be stigmatized or they're going to be put to shame there's we have this culture where we, we're so concerned with what people think about us that we're willing to overlook certain crimes and certain um, injustice that we keep quiet, but we have to educate our communities to stand up, speak out, and not be afraid. Most people are afraid of speaking out. 
And I think in any community, we have to educate. That education is needed. Some people don't even know they're being abused. Some people don't even know they can report. They don't know there's help out there. So it's it's kind of a um, sad situation, but in any community, there's always someone that can talk. Yes, I wanted to add to what Mr. Boyo had um, just referenced about people uh, being afraid of being stigmatized and not speaking up. I just want to go back to an episode we had uh, a few weeks ago, the girl who was um, molested, uh, more than molested, um, sexually abused by the actor um, seven years earlier, then he came back again. And when you look at the narration of the Guardian, the how long it took for the girl to have the courage or for them to figure out that something was going on. This is what he's referencing. So often, the child does not have a safe space to speak. And because children are told not to speak, not to, not to talk, and they're not encouraged to have a safe zone to communicate, and information is not being shared by parents. When you fail to teach your children some basic tenets about how to be in a family or how to be in a community and allow them to speak and interact, you fail to notice and see when things are going awry. So it is important within any family, within any larger establishment like a community or a village that people speak. And as he said, they are elders, they're chiefs, they're obers, they're balas, they're Aces, I mean, I'm coming up with a plethora of things, but also going to schools. If you can't speak at home, then you should be able to speak at school. And there should be counselors um, in schools that meet regularly with children to talk about social issues. This is one of the things that Live Abundantly is trying to do. Go out there and talk about social issues because that's how you inform children. That's how you inform the public and they become aware. So the running theme today has been about stigma, bias, fear. It's it's all affecting the society and it needs to stop. So I agree with Mr. Boyo. Let's stand up, let's speak up, let's take action, let's find solutions and let's implement them. Everybody is a stakeholder. It's time to do the work. You have been listening Think and reimagine. Changing the mindset for a better global society. Be sure to know, Mr. Boyle is concerned about the fact that the child in question is now back to the same family or the same homestead where uh, she got her hair burnt. Talk to us about how situations like this are managed in London. We've heard about child services. How does it work there? Okay, so the first thing is that um, with this particular case about the child whose scalp or top of the head was burnt, I believe the aim was to burn the child alive and this wasn't successful if she was uh, pointed out uh, or suspected to be a witch, or accused, sorry, of being a witch. Um, th that was the aim, um, I believe. And I this situation occurred, I, again, as an excuse to be violent you know all these excuses as dr Amma said whether they're triggers whether it's as a result of um, frustration or anger 
again, it's important to report. In the UK, we have the um, NSPCC, which is the National Society for the Protection of Cruelty to Children. So in every single school, NSPCC representatives come, if not once a year, twice a year to the school to give talks, they act out plays and little skits, they tell children in all, this is every single school, every single school, from year three, year one, they go into the school and every school is obligated to entertain members of the NSPCC. All over the streets, on billboards, at bus stops, they give flyers all over the place and any child can call a free phone number if they're being abused. It's quite simple. Or you can send an email or you can send a text, just help and they will be there. So in the UK, if this had happened to this child, first of all, the child would be taken away, possibly permanently from the parents, from the mother, from that household. And automatically, there is a foster parent awaiting her who will look after her until the case is settled. The parent would have to fight back to get the child because actually, according to them, it is negligent of the mother to have kept the child in such a household because there would have been other minor incidents of abuse happening to this child to get to this aggravated level that she's trying to be burnt alive. So just like in our society where adults being abused feel shame to come forward, as uh, Mr. Boyer said, the children also feel ashamed of coming forward that their parents who they're supposed to love and respect um, are abusing them. The reality is, does it need to get to a stage where a child is almost burnt alive for people to be talking? Because there are other acts of abuse that are not as grave as this one uh, taking place. So as I said, in the UK, it could just be being mean, not feeding a child is child abuse. Not attending to a child's needs is child abuse. Not giving a child a comfortable place to sleep is child abuse. Shouting at a child. You see, in Nigeria, we hear them with all the, you're mad, you crazy child, do 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 they They are so mean verbally to their children, and that's a form of abuse as well. So even the punishments meted out to children in classrooms would count as abuse as well. So um, if Nigeria could mirror having uh, an organization and getting all the organizations together to put forward a way to protect our children is better because I think what they have at the moment is several different organizations in the UK there's only the NSPCC and it's the most powerful I mean there are probably other offshoots but this is the society NSPCC you ask any child here they know what that stands for so Bishop Tibino has brought in a very unique um, approach to this conversation and it has to do with the parenting staff Dr. Abba, I remember that we had a program uh, um, pre, pre-COVID where we were talking about corporal punishment in schools and how that has been, you know, um, stopped in Lagos, even though when I asked the children that day, if you can remember, if the teachers still beat them, I think they answered in the affirmative. But it does appear that a lot has to change uh, with the parenting style, parents also need to uh, get educated about um, how to raise a child. What do you do when a child is in error? How to ensure that there is no emotional outburst, you know, that has the capacity to inflict injury on the child? Who whose responsibility is uh, bridging this gap? Because you know, th- there's just this assumption that once you've given back to children then you have money to raise them, 
then you have the right to deal with them as you will. Um, Nifemi, uh, you're absolutely right. The Child Rights Act states very clearly that corporal punishment and um, any form of abuse, verbal, emotional, is not acceptable. But in Nigeria, as you are as you're well aware, only about 25 states have enacted that, and many of them are in the southern hemisphere of the country. Um, teachers, well, within the school system in the states where it's been enacted, they're well aware that it is not acceptable to met out such punishment. Uh, and I think you heard one of the directors that day appealing to teachers to please not carry it out anymore because it is not permitted by law. Now, having said that, that information I don't know that has transferred to parents. So this is a society where um, people, like you say, believe that because you've given birth to a child, then you have the right to treat the child in a manner that you find suitable. Uh, unfortunately, that is not true because you know, human rights is the first and most basic right that all people have. And on top of that, you've got the child rights that's been but that's been adopted in many of the states as I in as I shared, as well as the VAP law. We need to really change the mindset in terms of how we raise our children, how we speak to our children, because what happens is children go on to repeat what they've learned from their household. Um, recently, we saw a video, and I think all of us are aware of it, where a young lady, I think she's a young lady, I think she's in her 20s, um, posted a video and her father decided that he was going to invite her back to the house and um, torture her. You know, that was um, an honor crime where the father and the brother stripped her naked and flogged her continuously. Uh, it is torture. And they will tell you that they did it because of the reputation of the family and the community. But it is still torture. And we're not aware that anything has been done. We don't know that the authorities have stepped in. We don't know that the community has come out in uproar to say this is not acceptable. Now, we don't know the circumstances of why she did what she did. And that is not the issue. The issue is what has occurred to her, which is abuse, but in her case, is an honor crime because it's a family probably trying to protect their, their, their name um, or their reputation, excuse me. But it comes back to changing the mindset, letting people understand what the laws are, making sure that they understand that there's multiple, a myriad of ways that you can correct your child's behavior and you can do it effectively without abusing them physically, verbally, or emotionally. Mr. Boyle, I can't tell how you were raised up, but some of us were raised up, you know, under strict parents that used cane on us. Um, somehow, I don't know if it has to do something with our minds. Today, we celebrate them for being very firm. So it will take a lot of work to change parents' mindset. There are just some parents who do not have an idea that there's an alternative way of raising a child without having to beat them. So talk to us about what you think adults need to do differently the efforts they must make to get this knowledge you know and um, you know explore a different approach especially now that we're talking about violence against children okay um 
when we talk of abuse most people think of the physical um spanking or whatever you want to call it but verbal and emotional abuse is far far worse than physical abuse not to say physical abuse is not bad but that stays with the child and their psyche for most of their life for instance there was a little girl that was molested and the mother instead of um, supporting the child said the child was a prostitute and the way she was walking she attracted the guy to abuse her now that to me is crazy because that is the way she was raised and her mindset is um, in that way of thinking so we have to change the mindset of the parents today because old school doesn't work anymore the mindset has to be changed through education through um, going out creating awareness it's not about spanking your child or, for, or to correct them there are other ways in which you can discipline your child yes I wasn't um, when I was raised I wasn't spanked a lot but one look for my mother and I need to correct myself so it's not about always trying to use physical or corporal punishment even in the schools i've seen cases of where the um, teachers are flogging their students and i'm like how is this allowed even if they're wrong or whatever crime they do it doesn't warrant that type of flogging 20 20 um lashes of the cane what 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 crime could they have possibly committed so we have to change that old school mindset it is not right it is not healthy and it does not help in any way it just creates stubborn children that would repeat that behavior like i think mrs um miss sotomi said people children learn from example you can tell a child something all day long but it's what you do they're going to emulate so we need to change the mindset that is very important fantastic submission miss sotomi let's have your final thoughts on this one my final thoughts are quite simple. I believe that uh, dysfunctional parenting leads to a dysfunctional society. So whether we choose to debate what dysfunction means, um, an abusive, we could say that an abusive parenting style leads to an abusive society. So a lot of the people that are venting out all this vitriol and abuse against women, obviously, were brought up with all that, uh, all that misogyny when they were growing up. The lady that burnt the child's head again she's been exposed to um that and she feels it's in her place to do that so once they learn otherwise i think the behavior will change and the outcomes will change and as i said the sooner we catch up in the in the area of uh, what's right morally and what's right for the child um the better will be for our society to be honest because we're very good with our fast cars in nigeria and our skyscrapers in nigeria yet we fall very very short in terms of what uh what we do for our children for our women and the less privileged peter abad boyo <laughs> is a is an actor and filmmaker member of the live abundantly board of trustees thank you so much for your fine submissions on this episode thank you very much Stephen. Ms. Abishut Simiru joined us from London. She's founder and executive director of parties. It's always good to hear your orders. Thank you very much.
big thank you to our host, Dr. Ama, Executive Director, Leave Abundantly. Thank you for the work you're doing, and we look forward to more. Thank you very much, everyone, for being on today. And um... join us again next week for another episode. God bless the Federal Republic of Nigeria. Thank you for listening to Thinking Reimagined. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast and welcome your comments, insights, and learnings as we strive to transform our global society. A change in mindset, engagement, collaboration, dialogue, awareness, and education. Thinking Reimagined. Changing the mindset for a better global society.